Welcome to episode 56 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. I'm Jane Jezrao, a co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and... I am Mark Morell, other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. So there we go. Got it down. And we were both almost dancing to that. I, it's a very danceable... It's a very danceable little theme song. I like it. Yeah. Did you make that up? I did. Okay, very good. I don't get tired of it. And when I say make it up, I should be clear. <laughs> I collected a bunch of loops and threw them together. <laughs> well, you have to do that for a couple of other um, courses as well. Mark does all the little loops for the courses, except for the ones where I found a better loop. And well, except for that know. one, safety committee was voted. Your yours was voted down. Yeah, there was one I think where oh no, there's been two where I grudgingly accepted. The, uh, the the sound that you found or the, the little opening clip that you found. But yeah. Generally, I get all offended and I go and make my own. Well, this is this is the extent of my music degree and my great career as a musician. Yeah, you I rock got to star. create 11-second clips for the beginning of our <laughs> courses by throwing together a bunch of loops from a library. Well, uh, there you go. Yeah. There's your creative outlet. Yeah. And once in a while, I get to do something longer, did the theme song for the podcast mm -hmm. last summer i did the soundtrack for our demo movie 90 whole I, seconds of music i got to do i like that i like I that demo like that demo music so hopefully more people get to see it yeah i don't know where you can find it on the web <laughs> like i don't even know true to form we made this demo movie and and we've hidden it yeah. well the idea was that we were going to use it at shows we or we we're going to use it at, it at virtual yeah. conferences and we haven't been to that many virtual conferences. Well, we did for a while. I haven't been to one since Christmas. Yeah. yeah, so shouldn't we put it on the web somewhere? Uh, it is. It's. I don't think it's linked directly through our website, but all Vimeo. the partners have links to it. Yeah, if you go to Vimeo, you can. if you do a search for Carrier's Edge, it's there. If you hunt far enough, you'll actually find it. I know. It just seems to be like a really stupid marketing tool that you don't actually ever get to see. Yeah. So We're we should fix that. that. Well, this is how we fix problems in our company is we, do, we talk about them on the yeah. podcast and we realize think about them six months afterwards <laughs> and we're like, hang on, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> we spent so long working on it and making it perfect. And then it was like, okay, we'll just put it in our, <laughs> put it in a folder. Well, we had to have some there. time away from it to sort of clear our heads and then come back to it and like, yeah, where is that? Yeah. Thing? We should talk about that on Monday. On Monday. Yeah. In our, in our marketing meeting. There you go. Mm-hmm. We have many other things uh, from our marketing meeting that we have to go through. Uh, well, that can be one of them. Yeah. Add it to the agenda. Failures that we've discovered more recently. <laughs> but yes. There's so many failures. <laughs> okay. Speaking well, that is an awesome start. There we go. The failure episode. The failure, yeah. Well, I'm actually feeling pretty good right now. So am I, actually. It, you know even though half my body doesn't seem to be wanting to work because I've been sitting for too long over the last year. Mm -hmm. yeah, Jane <laughs> got told by our chiropractor today that she's a lump and needs to move. I do move I every once in a while. <laughs> every three hours I leave to get food. <laughs> or coffee. Yes. But yeah. So what was it? What do you feel positive about Mark? Well, because I have, I had food. <laughs> So I was very, very unhappy this morning because I had to have a blood test that required me to fast for 12 hours. 
And normally I book those, I try to book those for like nine in the morning, 8 a.m. as early as I can. Because he has to do them every once in a while because yeah. he has I'm, weird high I'm cholesterol. Frail yeah. And, and delicate old. flower. So I had to do this thing. But because a lot of these things are booked right now, there a lot of these uh, uh, clinics are all booked. They're like getting the overflow from hospitals and whatever else. So uh, it's tougher to get an appointment. So I either would have to wait like, a, I don't know, another three weeks beyond today or I could have booked it for today. But I booked it for today. I could only get 11, 11.25 was the earliest I could get. So, damn, I like scarfing the food hours. At, at 11 o'clock last night just Four before the 12 hours. Yeah, and then I had to get up this morning and have no coffee and no food. And go to, what was it, one meeting, two meetings before then? I don't even just remember. One. Was just, just one. just one. Okay. Unless you had Maybe a meeting I that I didn't know. Might have talked to somebody before then, but okay, so I knew Mark that gets I was not going to be in a good hungry. mood. Yes. So I had to start every mo- meeting by apologizing. Even when I went to the clinic, when I handed the guy the thing and he said, how long you've been fasting? And I told him, and I said, so just so you know, like I'm very crabby. So <laughs> I apologize in advance for whatever I might say. And he said, yeah, you must be starving. It's like, yeah. Start your, so I came home, start your appointments at four so that you can, you know, get something early. Yeah. I, uh, I came home and immediately came home at noon and immediately had both breakfast and lunch together. Yeah. That was not your best. That was not the best lunch you could have had. We probably should have made it beforehand. So you could just come home, heat it up and eat it. You got to have the thing that strikes you. Like when you're desperate like that, you got to have the thing you're craving. Your two bagels in your case. Apparently I needed a lot of bagels today. Well, but I'm caffeinated now. So like I sucked back a couple of coffees as well. So I'm like, I'm feeling in good shape now. Oh, good. Yeah. I've got uh, my carbs, my sugar, my caffeine. Well, on the subject of food, I discovered uh, overnight oats, which is basically oatmeal you make the night okay. before and Cue then the heat it up. the folk music. Hey. And the I, incense. I don't know. I, I, I follow certain things on Facebook and stuff that... Um, require like I, so I like watching other people make things like those little videos that you get from, you know, you know, of making certain things. So I read recipes. I don't actually make them. I just look at them. It's like looking at people working out. You know, I look at videos of people working out and think, oh, that's very interesting. And eventually it makes me want to work out. But if I look at some of these things and I get the same type of recipe over and over and over again, like sometimes they kind of pique my interest. So overnight oats was one of them because I like oatmeal and our kid likes oatmeal and eats it every single day. And we were always getting these packages of instant oatmeal. And one of the things that annoys me is buying all of these packages of instant oatmeal instead of buying a big thing of oats. Kid eats it every single day, every single day. So there's got to be a better way uh, than making, you know, boiling the kettle and opening three packs of oatmeal and dumping them in. And uh, overnight oats. Hmm. I tried it and it's good. Where you just dump everything in a mason jar, shake it up and throw it in the fridge. And then the next day you have cold oatmeal that you can heat up. But it's good (laughs) because you don't have to put sugar in it. See, as soon as you say cold oatmeal, it sounds like one of those detox diets where you have to painfully... No, because, you know, yourself from everything. and then all you get all the health nerds who are like, oh, but you have carbs in the morning and that's bad and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to eat carbs whenever I'm going to eat carbs when I want to eat carbs. I like oatmeal. I like it for breakfast. 
My breakfasts are not super, super, super healthy. But you can make overnight oats that have protein in them. Like you can mm. put peanut butter in them. Can you, you put can bacon put, in them? I suppose you could if you wanted to have oatmeal and bacon mixed together. Like basically all it is is it just creates the oatmeal mm. in a slow process than a quick process with boiling water. Wow. So right. I actually, and I'll tell you that I usually have oatmeal, like plain oatmeal, but I put a whole whack of brown sugar on it because that's me. And I put... I made uh, like a half a cup of oats, half a cup of milk, and half a cup of applesauce Mm. and threw that in the fridge and it actually did not, and it was unsweetened applesauce, but I did not put any sugar in it. This is the first time ever. Healthy eating tips from Jane. Well, I just did, uh, well, not too long ago, we did the diet course, the healthy eating course. I call it diet, but um, the healthy eating course. So I had to review that a, a few times. And, you know, that whole thing of what you should be eating and you shouldn't have too much sugar and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, no sugar, no sugar, no sugar. Take out all the sugar. Sugar is bad. Sugar is evil. Sugar is the new cancer. I, uh, so I didn't put sugar in my oatmeal. There all you right. go. Well, there well we go. done me. <laughs> I win. It's a win for me. But it's also, it was kind of cool. It was yeah. like it kind of transforms into this oatmeal that's actually not bad. Hmm. And it's and it's the right um, ratio of everything. So probably everybody on the planet has heard of this and has already done it. And yeah. I'm just the last one because I've spent my life writing courses. So I have not paid attention to much else. Hmm. So here comes a fabulous segue. Okay. Segway. Speaking of things that transform into something good. <laughs> I posted a LinkedIn article last week about how fleets get on the best fleets list. How is that a segue? You just talked about oatmeal, trans- putting it into it and transforming it into something that isn't terrible, a.k.a. is good. Okay. And so, I've transitioned it to work. Okay. Yeah. It's the end of the week and we're getting a little punchy. We are getting punchy. We're, and I'm kind of like, I woke up this morning and the first thing I thought was, oh, today is Friday. When will it be? Like six o'clock so I can stop working. That I don't think that very often. But today I did because I worked all last weekend. So I really haven't had a weekend. But anyway, tell me about your LinkedIn article. Well, my LinkedIn article was about what it takes to get on the best fleets list. And it was... Something that has actually kind of been in progress ever since last year, uh, last March when we did the, uh, the presentation awards. of the, yeah, the awards and the overall winners and things like that. And you made the observation about what people are up against. People don't realize what they're up against when they go into the Best Fleets program and they want to they get on the top 20 and they think they're going to do great and they're all excited about it. And sometimes they're just disappointed when they don't make it onto the top 20 in their first year but they don't really realize what they're actually up against in terms of those fleets that are on there year after year. And every time we put out the list, and I think the last time we did a podcast, we had just announced it earlier in that week, the, uh, the top 20. And so what comes in the week after that is, Oh, how'd they make the list? And what? I heard they're terrible. How'd they get on there? That kind of grumbling. And then, uh, my favorite is, Oh, how much did they pay to get on that list? Oh, Oh my God. So I wrote an if article only, about that. If only they paid us. If anybody wants to bribe us, <laughs> bring an offer. Let's see what we can do. 
Nobody so, is even offered. They just threaten us when I we know. don't put them on the list. And that's what I put in my article. They've been, we've been threatened. We've had people try to, well, try to flirt their way onto the list. It's a very generous way of saying. <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. yeah. It was do not do that. Creepy sexual harassment to try and get on the list. Like, let's just nip, nip that in the bud. That is not a good way to get onto the best fleets list. It did not work. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> But what it takes is a very specific set of steps that aren't complicated, but are really difficult. So I was writing about those and really it's like three main things. You have to have commitment from the top. You got to have discipline to just stick with it over and over and over again. Even when it seems like it's not working that well. And you have to have everybody involved. You can't do it alone. You got to have the whole company Mm -hmm. involved. So if you can do those simple things and execute them consistently for couple of years well, they're not can be a top 20 so they're simple but not like the the list is simple and easy to remember but it's hard to execute so it's simple but not easy mm-hmm. it's um yeah just the communication part just by itself yeah and that is that well, is something keeping up that commitment from the top when it is definitely going to hit the revenue or even getting the commitment from the top at all yeah like most of the i think that a good chunk of people who are in the best flight, like companies who are in the best fleets are lacking a commitment from the top or even an awareness at the top that the best fleets, that they're even in the best fleets. Yeah. They don't even know. And some of the ones that jumped out at us when we were scoring it this year were ones where the companies have undergone some major changes and it was the leadership that was involved in the program that Mm -hmm. went through and did the interviews. And there's some of them that I was kind of skeptical because I've seen them in it a few years and they haven't done as well as they would have liked. And I thought, okay, well, you know, what's going to be different now? And then you see the effect of that new leadership who are actually on the interviews. And it's like when we're scoring it, it's like, wow, these guys are doing pretty well. They're obviously getting something happening. The ability to talk about your company properly is um, really important because it's not that... Uh, people who are at lower levels in the company are not passionate. I mean, they're definitely passionate, but they don't understand necessarily, like some people do, uh, but they don't understand how everything is connected. And I think that's one of the, the big things that people miss is that the more connected that everyone is, the better you do. Mm-hmm. And that's communication. Like, how do you connect people? Well, you connect departments. So people within a department have to have good communication within that department. They also have to have good communication with the departments that are like, so for example, operations has to have good communication with safety, has to have good communication with, um, well, it depends on how it's structured, but, you know, whoever's doing the planning, whoever's doing the dispatching, who's in charge of safety, who's in charge of health, you know, like all of these different things all have to be, have a cohesive group. And when a recruiter is the one who is representing your company in a best fleets interview, that person is not necessarily, they may know a little bit about what happens in their world, but they can't tell you about the overall world. Of that company. Mm -hmm. That's all I was going to say. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They need to have everybody involved and you need to stick with it. And what sort of prompted it, um, going back to last year's convention, and part of the reason that I've been sort of sitting on this for a while is you made that observation that these people don't know what they're up against because 
we're at the convention and we see the people that are top 20 year after year after year yet, or obviously they have things pretty well in hand. So they've been making this list for multiple years, but yet when we do a breakout session to share what's going on, they're the ones right at the front row. I know. You know, and uh, if you want to find the top 20 and kill them off in one swoop, you know, bomb the best fleet seminar. Not that, that goes on that. at the TCA convention. No, I mean, that's ridiculous. But like, that's where everybody, like the pretty much the entire top 20 is at that seminar and they are most of it. And they're taking notes. Yeah. And that's what sort of stuck. The with overall me. winners are taking notes. Yeah. Is we have the people that have been overall winners multiple times or the top 20 multiple times. And the one that always sticks out for me is Tom Perney at Grand Island Express, who as of this year, 10 consecutive years on mm-hmm. the list. And yet, like Tom's in there sitting in the front row 20 minutes before the session starts. I know, he's, he's always the first, the first the one room. there. It's awesome. And he's taking notes and he's recording it. He's taking pictures of the screen. And Brent Nussbaum is usually yeah. in the front row. Because I'm a, I remember because a couple of years, it wasn't even last year, it was a couple of years ago where I was doing something. I was We were doing the presentation and I had forgotten what I was trying to say about Newsbomb. <laughs> and I said to him afterwards, I think I completely messed that up. And he goes, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't really recognize what you were talking about. And I was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Oops. But that happens. I mean, there's 20 carriers that you're trying to get through. But I remember him sitting in the front row and me and I was looking at him thinking, I am screwing this. Like, as you're doing the presentation, you're like, this is not, I'm not sure this is right. Is never a good feeling. So, but then they come back anyway, which is really. I mean, it was one thing; it was like a yeah. detail or but something that's sort like of that. Illustrating their commitment is yes. that they will always show up and try to learn more. They'll always show up to this thing, even when we tell them, "Why are you here? We have nothing to tell you." Mm-hmm. Like you guys are the ones we're talking about because you're the ones who figured it out. And they're like, "Well, I get something every time." Well, I'll tell you, the last time that we did one was when you were talking about podcasts. Yeah. And at the end of your, your very effective presentation on that, I chimed in and said, I love podcasts and if you guys do want to, you know, I'll be on it or something mm-hmm. like that. I was just like a couple of sentences saying, yeah, what he said, it's really awesome. So now everybody remembers this is what I said about yeah. podcasts. <laughs> no, you totally stole my thunder on that. <laughs> but apparently podcasts are good. But no, it actually worked out really well because... We had a pandemic and people had to communicate with their drivers more effectively. And the people who had a podcast did not have to work that hard because they already had a method of getting messages to people that were not just information. They were more about well-being and what we think and how we're going to proceed and messages from the top, the executive. So it actually was really, really timely that we were highlighting that and you know, I'm on a pad- podcast right now telling people that they should be doing podcasts. It's weird. It's like there can never be enough podcasts in the world. I don't know why. It's crazy. Well, but there's, there's certainly like, plenty of them now. And oh, you can yeah. see why, because it's a much more engaging way to share information than dumping it out into PDF or sending a blast over the satellite or something. Yeah. You actually get to know a little bit of the personality of the people, especially the fleets that do them regularly. Like some fleets do them every couple of weeks. And you have to just get comfortable and let your personality come out when mm-hmm. you're doing that because there's just no other option when you're doing it that often. The first time, maybe it's stiff. 
maybe that first time you're doing it, you're focused more on getting the points across and you're reading it and it's a little clunky. But by the time you've done it 20 times, you're not going to be clunky anymore. It's just going to no. be old hat and you're just going to be spewing the info and it's going to yeah. be much more engaging for people. Yeah. Well, you know that I am not like this at all. This is not my personality at all. I'm faking it every single time. All You're 50, pretending to be crazy? Yeah. All yeah. 50, what is it? 57 episodes? 56? 56. 56. Including this one, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on my best behavior. <laughs> yeah. But That actually um, is right that this does count as best behavior for you. Yeah. Well, I'm not swearing, so that's always a plus. Yeah. Um, You're only yelling sometimes. I Well, I'm mostly laughing and I'm not laughing into the mic. So you should all be happy that I'm not laughing into the mic because it's a pretty loud laugh. <laughs> pretty loud cackle. The editor is happy. Yeah, the editor is happy. Yes. So I, anyway, I had my LinkedIn article that went out there and seems to have uh, been helpful for some people to let them know kind of what's involved in making it onto the best fleets. And as it happens, that has become a little bit of the basis for the session that we're putting together for the TCA convention, which even though the convention is not till April, we had to get our slides in this week. So we roughed it out and we, that's what we were doing last weekend, sort of cobbled together what we think we're going to talk about mm-hmm. and uh, put it together. And you did your normal work of making it look awesome. And Thank we submitted you. those and it remains to be seen if that's what we actually talk about. But oh we'll no, see. it's going to be what we talk about. It's the gist of what we'll talk yeah. about. But we are looking for, what's the general theme? It's um, the gaps. Yes. It's where people are missing. Finding and closing the gaps. Yes. And when you have communication and uh, executive, ah, what's the word that you had? (laughs) Commitment. Commitment, yeah, that word. Let me commit to a commitment. Uh, Executive commitment, communication, and what was the last one? No, it's a commitment from the exec, mm-hmm. from the top down, discipline and collaboration. Oh, okay. I get collaboration. Communication, communication. collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it basically, if you keep doing that, you can close gaps once you identify them. And it's really simple. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, close your gap, find your gaps and then close them. Doing that in reality is really hard because sometimes you cannot see them until afterwards. You know, you always, you have yeah. to look back a little bit and go, okay, you know, how did that go? And, and that's also partly where the collaboration is very valuable is that it helps you to see those gaps that you're not seeing. That's that whole diversity mm-hmm. of opinion, diversity of thought. Yeah. You point out things that are otherwise hidden because people look at it in very different ways or they have different experiences and things. Yeah. And that's always, and we just went through a whole series of performance reviews and that's always a good time to kind of find those points that we, uh, that we just never really thought of. We're always looking at the company from a particular point of view. We don't look at, we don't look at it from, you know, someone who's only doing content or someone who's only doing customer support. We don't see the company from that vantage point. So it's really helpful to just, you know, talk, talk about the company. What it, you know, what do you like? What do you not like? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, if people aren't, aren't doing it for their drivers, if they're not having a chat with their drivers, on a regular basis. I mean, we do performance formal performance reviews twice a year, but you know, you can have a, a, a really much shorter chat with your drivers and just to 
get to know them or find out what they want to be doing and kind of see what their perspective is on the entire organization. And it's, and it's even if you don't really, even if you're not going to do what they want, you still get their perspective, which is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as you sort of review that and then circle back to say, here's what we learned and here's what mm-hmm. we're going to do about it. And it might be, we can't do much about this right now, but we will look at it later when we can. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we have seen as a little bit of a, a blind spot, I guess, is a lot of times people think, well, if I can't do anything about it, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to tell people or why ask for their feedback when I can't do anything right now. But what we found is that people really appreciate the fact that you ask about it. And even if you can't do anything, if you say, here's why we can't do something right now, they generally understand that. And the fleets that we've seen that are doing that have very good success with it. There are Mm -hmm. some times where they know they can't do anything, but as long as they communicate that, then at least the drivers feel that they're being heard and they feel that the company's being transparent. And it goes back to that. um, We've got a couple of questions on the driver survey about the company communicates honestly and they're transparent and all of that kind of stuff. And we get a lot of comments uh, from drivers about how they're, company is very honest with them. And even if they can't do something, they explain why. And we appreciate that. So that's definitely something that works, whether it's a driver or any other role. No, yeah, because that's feedback that we get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people like it. People don't want to be in the dark. Yeah. You know, it's horrible when you're, you're not included and you feel like all of these things are happening around you. Or you can't really figure out why something is happening. And there, there might be a, confluence of 10 different reasons that lead to something Mm -hmm. going the way it does or something being set up or process running the way it does. And when you don't explain it to people, they make it up. They make up (laughs) reasons about, well, it's the whole thing about, you know, oh, you know, how much did they pay to get on the list? Well, if you, we tell you what the process is. We are very specific. There's four steps. It's the same thing every single time to get on the best fleets list. If you don't want to listen to it and make up your own stories, well, that's that's your thing. But this is how misinformation starts, is Absolutely. that people just start making things up. And they, if they don't feel good, they will not make up a good story about you. Yep. So if a driver is unhappy, they're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. They're going to say, you suck as a company. But if you start explaining to them why you're making certain decisions and make them feel like a part of the process rather than the person that they just stuck it to, then they're not going to be so annoyed. And it's a pretty basic, you know, well, people make up stories about what they don't understand. And my response with that, how much did they pay to get on that list is they didn't pay anything, but here's what they had to go through. And I said, if you're working at a company that you like, get involved. We would love to have you on the list too. It's funny how many times that's the end of the conversation. How quickly they disappear <laughs> after that. So as I say, please you know, nominate your company. Let's get them involved. If they're great. Let's find out. Yeah. Because maybe they are. Maybe and there's a true. fabulous company out there we that we want, haven't found yet. And we want people to nominate. We want as many nominations as we can get. I mean, you know, bring it on. Yeah. Now that I don't do very many interviews, I want as many participants as possible. Well, nominations don't necessarily mean participants. True. They are, you know, that means that drivers are interested. And Mm -hmm. the more nominations we get, I think it should send a message to the industry that drivers want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. They are saying, they are 
standing up and putting up their hand and saying, this is who I think is a good fleet, and this is why, that should not be discounted. If you get more and more people who want to say, hey, you know, I like this company that I'm working for. Why aren't they on the list? And we say, well, nominate them. A lot of people do. Yeah, absolutely. That's where we get a lot of nominees. And we had a we had an interesting nominee, um, our participant this year, who who had a really really small company. And he, um, when I was interviewing the owner, because it was a small company, I was interviewing the owner. He was really concerned about you know why am I doing this? This is kind of ridiculous. You know, I did it because my driver nominated us, so mm-hmm. I'm here. And my response was. Yeah, you're exactly where you should be because even if you don't make the list, you gen- you really learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, not about yourself as a person, but you you learn a lot about your own company. Absolutely. Yeah, and one of the things that I track, sort of informally, but now that we have Chris doing this, I'll get him to do it more formally, is the correlation between nominations and participation rates and finalists. So this year, for example. We set a record on nominations, blew through our past record, and handily beat it. But the participation rate was not that much um, beyond where it has been, and Mm -hmm. the number of finalists wasn't at the record number. It didn't hit a record either. So It was close. Uh, Yeah, it was close, but it was under. Uh, so it's interesting that sometimes you can have a ton of nominations and not as many participants and certainly percentage wise, lower participation rate, lower number of finalists. And sometimes you get lower uh, nominations, but you can have a very high participation rate and end up with a higher percentage of finalists as a result. And I think that reflects different things in the industry. Like the nominations are a reflection of driver sentiment at that time. Mm -hmm. How are drivers feeling about their companies? Whereas participation rate is about what else is going on, what else is going on, uh, how comfortable are the fleets, how solid are they, and it comes down to how economically strong are they, and how are they feeling about needing to hire and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then the finalist is finalist rate is how are they, how much are they able to get things together? Do they have the time to get everything completed? and get the drivers through the surveys and get enough drivers doing the surveys that they hit their targets and things like that. So all three of those stages measure different things. And I find that interesting to see kind of where the industry is at each year in those different elements. Yeah, because it's different. Like that year that we had the record number of nominations was a year where there was a lot of freight and not enough drivers. Yeah. And then um, like this year, you know, you can see that driver drivers are feeling really attached to their company if they're treating them well through, especially through the beginning of COVID. Um, and but the companies themselves have a whole lot to deal with that they don't normally deal with, and if they don't have it together, yeah. So the fleets that already had um, certain processes in place, these are the things that we're going to talk about in the session. Um, if they already have natural disaster response or a pandemic response already planned, and if they had, if they were easily able to say, okay, go work remotely, then those companies were able to just slide into, slide into the best fleets process and it was fine. There were some other ones who struggled who did it, but it was more of a struggle. It was, mm-hmm. there was a lot more last minute 
things going on. And a lot more. Can we reschedule because our whole Mm -hmm. office is out with COVID? Well, there wasn't a lot of that. That happened a couple of times. But there was some of it. And if you've got somebody who's saying that, you know there's other people that aren't booking an interview because it's hitting them and things like that. And then people who just didn't participate who normally do. Yep. So you know that that wasn't because that their company, they don't want to be part of it and that their company is not a good place to work anymore. It's external Mm -hmm. factors. And we know that not everybody in the trucking industry had a good, have had a good um, COVID season. Yeah. You know, it's been good for people and not good for people. So, you know, there's, we, that was reflected as well. And, um, I haven't looked at the driver surveys as much as I normally do. So I haven't seen what the sentiment is. Yeah. I, I haven't had have a chance you. to look at that either. I know Chris has, so um, he may have some. So Chris, let us know. I know you're going to listen to this. This is a message. I'm just going to direct. <laughs> this is direct how we manage our <laughs> Through the podcast. Okay. Here's a task list for next week. <laughs> and that's how we'll know who doesn't listen to it. If I they know. don't do their work. They get fired on Friday. Exactly. Yes. What were we talking about? Oh, yes. So, yeah, that's stuff we're going to talk about in our presentation. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to have some special guests. And I had three of them that I asked to be special guests. One of the benefits of pre-recording these sessions is uh, the ability to have a few more people involved mm-hmm. and to interview them and then edit it afterwards and get exactly the clips you want. So I've got people who have clearly figured it out good Uh, so i won't have a lot of uh, a lot of specifics on that i'm going to keep it a little bit under wraps even though a lot of people will figure it out (laughs) but uh, i am going to have some people involved so i think that's going to be a very cool presentation we are pre-recording it so if you do say so yourself uh yeah well i think it's going to be cool because we've got a lot more experience editing that's recording, true. producing a video yeah. now after the last one that we did. Yeah. And we've got more staff because now you've got people that are actual skilled videography people yeah, and video editors and animators and things. So yes, we can. So have, I'm not learning after effects on the, on the go. We'll have like the most awesome titling and things like that and animated effects and transitions. Well, we'll have to tell them that they have to do it soon. We just did. Okay. We just gave them their task. <laughs> We'll see if they listen. Management by podcast. It's a new thing. We should write a book and then, you know, we can sell it as a management instruction manual. Yeah. The latest. People who buy the subscription to the podcast, the enhanced version. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a a freemium model. You get get the free version (laughs) where you can pay for a subscription to our podcast and get a book. Yeah. That we haven't written yet, but we will. Yeah. Okay. So. We should go back to work. Okay. So you have lots happening in the content world and the course world and some exciting things because they're like totally new things for us. So first of all, pick up where we're at, finalizing the end of our wellness rebuild. We're almost done. Exercise is the last bit of it. So we've done preventing illness, healthy, healthy eating and fatigue. And the only thing left is exercise. And, um, so we've got, again, it's going to expand. I think it's probably going to be two or three topics. And it looks like we're going to do a lot about how exercise forget, uh, affects the body, about why, you know, what happens when you start exercising, what things, like why 
why do your muscle like you know why is it so difficult to start exercising when you haven't been for a while and look at you know the sort of the you know what's happening inside your body when you when you start exercising and what happens as you continue so even when people are are really feeling like there's no point you know i'm so so unhealthy that there's just no way it's not even going to happen there's reasons there's scientific reasons that even just walking around um, for 10 minutes a day after doing nothing is going to help you and is going to move you on a journey to to more fitness. Hmm, and then we're going to go through, then we're going to talk about um, the ways, it's sort of like the the different phases of, of getting to a, a more incorporating exercise into your life. Hmm. Um, and that is the thing that I'm most unclear on because I'm not writing this. This is being written by one of our new writers, Vicki. Um, and so she's, she's found this whole, whole area of information about the different stages you go through. It's like the different stages of grief. This is the different stages of, of becoming more fit or of exercise. Denial or, is the first one. Denial. Yeah. Denial of, you know, I don't need to move anything. I'm fine. Um, and then the third one is going to be about the exercises, about the things that you can do and the different types of equipment that you can have. So it's not like our our original course was more about, okay, there's three different kinds of exercise. There's um, flexibility, muscle building, and aerobic. And there's like a page on each, and that's it. And, yeah. and then there's a little bit about of why it's good for you, how to start off really small, and then, yeah, and then a review. So, yeah, that old course was diet and exercise in one refresher course, like no, one lesson No, it was two lessons, yeah. And so the exercise lesson was like 12 pages in total. Mm-hmm. Okay. So That's yeah. with quizzes and reviews. So, so it was nuts. like eight pages of content. Well, Digging deep. In every single... So when we did this wellness course... It was 2008, 2009, maybe 2010. So at that time, there was no, there was nothing really for drivers specifically. People didn't work it like now. If you look at what's happened now, now there's Rolling Strong. There's other companies that focus on like on driver. Yeah, Healthy Trucker. Focusing specifically on driver wellness. None of that existed. So it was well now, yeah. You have uh, workout areas at the truck stops. Mm-hmm. You've got the fit equipment, the inside trails the cab. that some yeah, people trails have at it. their terminals and things. None Even some of, of the this shippers existed. Are getting involved in that, so no. yeah, that's uh, that's true. It's a whole so different world. It was like, okay, well, where do we start? You know, you can walk around your truck three times, and you know, mm-hmm. that's that was it was really really basic and simple. And then very shortly after that, then people started having. Um, I know Healthy Trucker kind of started around a little bit after that. And so they were having these competitions at the TCA conventions, like the step comp, there was a lot of step competitions. And then there was a lot of people were doing the weight loss programs through. Yeah, a bunch uh, of different programs. There was a company that that did it that everybody was talking about. It started with L. Can't remember what it's called, but they were contracting with them to do weight loss um, there was a weight loss challenge for like for the industry. There was weight loss challenges in specific companies. And then there was a bit of a lull where no one did anything. And then they started more focusing on exercise. So 
like when I first wrote these courses, I was working with a chiropractor who, um, Chris Singh, who works in Ontario at a truck stop in Ontario. And he was basically, he gave me some information and we kind of said, oh, okay, well, we'll do this, this and this. But even fatigue, like fatigue was sort of being talked about, but not really. And now it's, I mean, I, you could write 400 pages on on fatigue just for drivers because there's all the all these studies done on it. Um, diet is becoming crazy detailed because all of these truck stops now have all of these great, um, they've changed how they, you know, basically provide food to drivers. So everything has just become so complex in the driver world. Like before it was not even so much complex, but so much more uh, well-researched and prevalent. Prevalent. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing that happened with the whole preventing illness. Like if you look at where the world was a year ago, Mm -hmm. where we wouldn't have even thought of breaking out our illness and injury course because nobody cared. That was plenty. You know, we had eight pages on washing your hands and sneeze into your elbow, and that was sufficient. And then all of a sudden, boom, we've got this whole mountain of information. Everybody's totally changed everything that they're doing. Well, the same thing has happened in those other areas, just over a longer period. In fitness and in fatigue management and in healthy eating, all and of those also, things have changed too. the supports are different because now, I mean, you know, there's so much you can do via video in terms of everything. Like, you you know, if you want to get consulting or um, support through through video, it's way more, it's way easier, way more prevalent. So you can get video coaching for diet and exercise and probably fatigue. Oh, there's fatigue measurement systems that yep. are in the, that herb has in the cab and um, in the truck. I don't know very much about those, but that, but it seems like a, Things really? that watch your face and check if your head's not moving or your eyes are drooping or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, like that did not exist. So we have to update these courses. And, and when you update it, you realize, holy moly, there's way more information now that actually is interesting and things that people should know. Because my big thing is that you always should know why I'm telling you something mm-hmm. here. Here is. Yeah. What, well, not even that is, um, is just what it means mm-hmm. and what a word means or what, you know, what is like, what does exercise do for your body? Like everybody's talking about, oh, you know, exercise is really good for you. Well, why, why do you not want to do it? Like, you know, your body just, what you want to do is just lie on the couch all the time. Yes. You know, and only when you exercise all the time that you ever, you start craving exercise more and more and more, but you have to do it. You have to get yourself off the couch. So how do you do that? How do you motivate yourself? Why is your body doing that? So there's, you know, it's very interesting to go in the science, not, not huge amounts of it, but just, you know, explain why. And same thing with viruses, like how do viruses work? Mm-hmm. How do you prevent, you know, how do you take you know make them not come near you and that's how we approach all the courses well the whole subject of driver wellness has just become so much more of an important thing in the past few years like now it's gone beyond those things we're even talking about driver mental health and the oh, importance of yeah, all of that that's a whole other course yeah and i don't and i'm thinking about it because mental health is a 
I think it's a it's one of the gaps that sure. that we're going to talk about. Um, but what do you do? And my thing has always been a course or any sort of training or learning is going to tell you about a topic. It's not going to solve any other problem. It's just going to give you more knowledge about things that you can possibly do later. You're not doing it while you're doing right. e-learning, right? So you you have to sort of get the information into your head and then act on it afterwards. So what information is is it that I'm going to need to put into a course for mental health? So it's going to be probably be about how your brain works and serotonin and all of the different um, things that affect your brain. So when you're driving and you're alone for a long period of time, does vibration have anything to do with that? I'm sort of brainstorming with myself right now. Well, it's also, I guess, a little bit of what to watch for. You know, what, what to look for. How do I know that I should maybe get help? Well, what kind of things can I be looking for? Yeah, that's the second topic. The yeah. First topic is what is this? Like, what is mental? How do I know? Am I depressed or am mm-hmm. I, you know, seasonal uh, affective disorder? What's that about? What's the difference between depression and just having a bad mood? You know, PMS. And what the different interventions are. Mm-hmm. Should I be thinking about medication or is there's somebody I should talk to. Is it one of those a better option or how do I solve this problem? And what is your, what does an EAP look like? Like, Mm. how do you get help? And, and, you know, or for carriers, what should you do? Like, should you be offering a lot of companies, especially in the U S have a chaplain Mm -hmm. to talk to, um, some of the, some of the wellness role, like, uh, the wellness coaches have been, yeah. Wellness coaches, uh, that's what some of the mentoring programs are about. Mm-hmm. So, so just well, having some it, folks live instructional design on the podcast. Yeah. This course will be ready in what, February, mid February now. Yeah. Just give me a couple of minutes. I'll just write that out. Cause anybody can do training. It's quick. It's easy. doesn't take long. Yeah. So PowerPoint. Be, yeah. It'll be done soon. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> there we have it. So we may or may not do a mental health course. I think we probably should. It's, it is. It is probably going to happen. I'd like to do it. My thing has been what. What would I do? Which yeah. is really what happens with a lot of the courses that I end up writing, yeah. or that I end up producing, or that we end up producing. Because I'm not doing that anymore. Um, it's you know. Well, okay. Here's the topic, but what do I say? Yeah. What do we say? What do we well, tell people? Send it off to somebody to do some research. There you go. Why else? Well, More management by podcast. <laughs> Any of my content people, this is what I'm doing. Tiffany, um, I can't just send people off to research no. a topic. No. I have to tell them. No, we have to have a, a proper scope for this. Project. Yeah, we have so to I'm sort of say. A little bit facetious. Yeah, but but there's a lot to do. It's afternoon and I'm punchy. And did I mention I had to fast for 12 oh, hours? Poor you. I'm going to stop feeling sorry for you. Stop. Actually, I, I, Did you ever start? I did. I was a little bit sorry for you. <laughs> I was not making fun of you too much during that morning, morning call. Yeah. yeah okay. I, you know, I, I tried not to drink my coffee too obnoxiously too in front of you. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like smack my lips and go, oh, that was refreshing. <laughs> 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 I didn't come and... One Eat of those my fabulous that oatmeal. It, drinks it and goes. Yeah, I did not do for that. Every sip. 
I did not bring my my overnight oatmeal up to your office and say, wow, this was a great idea. <laughs> I did not do that. I am... Uh, considerate. Yes, that's the word. Considerate. You're very considerate. Not I was, sympathetic to my dilemmas, but considerate. No, I'm sympathetic. Hey, up listen. It's a blood test. It's not the end of the world. 11.30 fasting up until 11.30, that sucks. The only thing that also sucks that I would have to say is drinking tons of water for an ultrasound. Oh, yes. Or, <sighs> no, what's the other one where you have to have like three days where you don't really drink, eat any solids or... Oh, colonoscopy. Yeah. That's, that's brutal. Uh, for everybody... Oh, well. Now visualize your own colonoscopy, people. <laughs> Whoever okay. has had one will be able to do that very, very quickly. Yes. So, and I think that probably some of our listeners have had one. So yes. They probably So we'll know. move on to something more positive now. You brought it up. I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah, I know. I mentioned it. Oh my it. God, you know Friday, what? It's punchy. The one, the next, like, because I've had them before, but if you ever have to have one, I am not going to hear the end of the... It's going to be like a guy cold. Oh my God. It's just going to be three days of just whining. And I'm going to mansplain it to you oh, the you whole time. Oh, you are going to tell me all about it. And I'm going to be like, you know, did I do this to you? Did I, or did I just lump it and drink all that horrible stuff? Okay. So what else are you working on? I'm trying to think of a nice way to tell you what I want to tell you in my head and it's not coming Fill out. Fill that silence with any range of curse words you can imagine. Yeah. You could edit them out, but I, I but you won't. So I will not say it. Anyway, I uh, we are also doing a revamp of um, our fuel course. So we're basically updating things. We're trying to, we're working with, I'm not sure if I talked about this already, but we're working with um, a couple of our customers to give us more like real details on what they talk to their drivers about when they're talking about fuel economy and that kind of thing. So that's coming together. And the more exciting part, the thing that's totally new for us. The cargo, the auto haulers. Go, yeah, go. yeah. I was going to get to that, but okay. then you interrupted. Um, so we had, well, there was a couple of things, actually. I'm not going to get to that first. The first one is our short haul hours of service course that we've done. And apparently more than one customer wanted it. So we did it for one customer. Uh, it's a Toronto area customer in the GTA who uses uh, the 160 kilometer exception for hours of service. And um, wanted us to basically cut a bunch of pages out of our current hours of service course and make it more uh, short haul oriented. So we did that. It's a two topic course and it seems to have come out pretty well. We have an ELD version for those short, like those drivers who need to use an ELD anyway. They don't have to, but some companies are getting them to do it. So there's an ELD version and there's a non-ELD version. And um, it's not about you know, actual instructions on how to use the ELD, but more about the requirements or about what a driver has to know. So you have to know how to log into your ELD. You have to know how to do, you know, log your duty time. You have to know how to put in annotations, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also mandatory items that you have to have when you have an ELD. And the, the nice thing about this course is that we have to do an overhaul of our Canada-only hours of service course. And basically between the cross-border hours of service that we did this year and the 160 kilometer, we pretty much have it. All we have to do is like move pages around now. Nice. So that's that um, That went out 
the beginning of this week. If you didn't, if you didn't know, now you know. And the auto haulers co- uh, courses, we're going to have uh, by the end of this. We'll probably have about four of them, but we're starting with one that is cargo inspection for auto haulers. And what that is, is basically inspecting the vehicles that you put on the trailer. So it's, uh, look, I think it's two topics. It's uh, basically all of the components of the inspection and then conducting the inspection, much like our other inspection courses. But this one is like it's inspecting regular vehicles. So it's a little bit different. We haven't done this. Inspecting vehicles on the vehicle. Inspecting the vehicles before you put them on the vehicle. So the next one that we're going to be doing is the Stinger Steer trailer inspection. So it'll be vehicle inspection for uh, Stinger Steer or car carrier uh, trailers. So it'll be basically um, the same as the vehicle ins- our regular vehicle inspection courses, but it will just have a different trailer. Nice. On it. Yeah. And then there's a couple, of, I think, loading and unloading and uh, weights and dimensions. And I, I think the loading and unloading part of it is going to include weights and dimensions for this particular thing. Mm. I'm not totally sure how it's going to work, but that's. So what if we there's any listeners at. out there that are call her, her, car haulers, let me try that again. Anybody out there that's a car hauler or any of our. Partners that have customers that are car haulers. Or potential ones. Yeah, we would like to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And, well, we are connected with a um, an Ontario-based, a, a local hauler. However, I am probably going to need to do a different one for the U.S. because... Yeah. Well, the more people we can get best practices from, the better. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm happy to hear from Just I don't need it right now, but I'm yeah. happy to get the feedback. Um, and it's, so right now we have a storyboard for the cargo inspection course. Uh, we're putting it online and then we're going to send it off for, uh, to have a quick review. Mm. But it's like, I mean, we're, we're pretty good with inspections. We've done a lot of courses on inspections. So it's, it's very much the same process is what are the, the major things to look for, um, how, what's the inspection flow, all of the things that you need to do, you know, what does the report look like? It's, it's all the same cool. stuff just for cars. Cool. Which is weird doing a course about cars. And I remember looking at Tiffany's storyboard and I saw a picture of a car in there. And at first I thought, oh, then we're going to have to replace that. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's this course is about. <laughs> yep. I didn't realize. All about the cars. Yeah, I'm just not used to having cars in a course. We normally don't. Yeah, nice. And so we got lots more, lots of good stuff uh, coming. Lots yes. of things that are going to be uh, coming out through the spring, which is very nice to see. We're mm-hmm. just cranking it now. Well, also, um, so hours of service. Hours of service. Oh, the TDG Fuel. course. I have uh, Vicky is looking at the TDG course for the updates that are coming in this summer. So she wants to do an overhaul of that. <laughs> uh, she was she she <laughs> she was being very polite and said, "When was this? When was this written?" And I said, "It was the first one written." Yeah. Now it has been. It has had not been really updates, it's had updates, updates, but not an overhaul. No. 
So we are going to completely gut it. So So Lily's legacy finally will be uh, taken offline and replaced. Yeah. That's a good run though. That's 15 years. I know. You have to, props to Lily. She wrote a very, very good, solid course that lasted a long time. Props to the the great Lily the Young. Rest Mm -hmm. in peace. Mm -hmm. She passed away like six years ago? Five years ago? three, Three, maybe. Okay. She was awesome. So, yes, uh, I suppose it is reasonable that that course would be due for an overhaul. They well, all should have an overhaul, but like we say, every five to eight years, and that one is that one's due. Yeah. Um, the The photos that we have in there uh, are <laughs> we have to remove as well. So, oh, yes, I would actually like to get another dangerous goods hauler or hazmat hauler to get photos, mm-hmm. like to help with photos. I would like to get photos for this. Well, I mean, if a we're lot going of, to do an overhaul of that, that'll be the time to have one that is van versus tanker and TL versus LTL. Oh, let me, that's a good idea. I, cause that's always been the issue with that course is that for people that don't do mixed loads, there's a lot of stuff in there that's not really applicable. Mm, yeah. I guess that we have 12 versions of everything else. Yeah. Well, what I want to do is find out what's going on with the TDG regulations in Canada this year. And if they actually do get um, finalized and mm-hmm. go into effect, sure. Yeah, we still need to do an overhaul on that course. But once once Vicky's done that, then she'll be able to do other versions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. We should have... Oh, you know what I was thinking? Berenice could do like some 3D modeling Absolutely. for that too. Ooh. There we go. Look at all the tasks we're delegating here. I know. I just, I'm not used to having staff. No. And we record these things Friday afternoon where we're thinking about all of this stuff. And, or when and we're, no. we won't even need a staff meeting on Monday. You there know, you go. <laughs> it's just management by podcast. Yeah. That's what you need to call this podcast is how to manage by podcast. <laughs> and then everybody be like, what the hell does that mean? So, no, you know what it is, is that it's Friday afternoon um, we're tired and we've had lunch already. So we're kind of logy, which is a, an awesome word that I learned back in the nineties, which basically means that feeling means where exactly what it sounds logy, like. Yeah. Which is that feeling when you're full and really sleepy, which is why you don't want to learn things about math at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and we're now we're just doing something which is just free flow, discussion and this is what happens when we do that yeah and we freeform jazz that's what we are yeah okay you go and that i think brings us to the point where we can start wrapping this up (laughs) jane starts doing music impressions (laughs) oh dear me oh we've been at it for a while we've covered most of the main things we wanted to talk about and we've got to leave some things for the next episode we do and now we've delegated tasks to most of our staff so we can wrap it up then yes okay well have a good day have a good night have a good weekend thanks for listening everybody (laughs) 